he's Marler, and this is his music show. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another craptastic episode of the Marlin Music Show. I am the Marler, otherwise known as David. I hope everybody's doing well today. Today, I'm going to do a uh, top 10 list, and that list is my top 10 favorite guitar solos of all time. Uh, some of these are probably considered some of the best of all time for real by most people. And some of these are ones that I just have loved over the years, and every time I listen to it, I get chill bumps. I'm one of those guys that uh, I'm a guitar freak. I love it. Never learned to play it, which may be my biggest regret in life is that I never took guitar lessons. Uh, a friend of mine I was, went to high school with and I've been friends with since I was four years old. In fact, he was on my show a couple of weeks ago. Um he learned to play guitar, and I think he taught me parts of two songs, if I remember correctly. Def Leppard Women and Nothing Else Matters by uh, Metallica in just the like, first five seconds. So that's all I've ever done. But anyway, I love guitar. Um, I love guitar solos and songs, and the more emotional um, they are and more classical sound they are, the better for me. So without further ado, let's get started. By the way... <laughs> I'm feeling under the weather today. I don't know what's going on, but uh, I'm not feeling quite myself, so just bear with me with my voice. <coughs> it's probably going to sound worse than it usually does, which is pretty bad, but we're going to work through this. All right, so here we go. Number 10 is a song by Megadeth that's probably, um, not for Megadeth fans, but for a lot of music fans that know who Megadeth are, it's probably an obscure song. It's the solo in Dread and the Fugitive Mind. I love the song. Um, not, it's probably one of my favorite Megadeth songs, but the solo is possibly my favorite Megadeth solo. Um, which I know saying that, you know, was in your top 10. There's just, a, it has a feel about it. I don't know if it's the best solo that's ever been done on one of their songs, but it just moves me the most. And that's what a lot of these are for me. What would move me the most, make me feel a certain way, give me chill bumps and just, bring that emotion out in me and, and, and gives, makes me mimic guitar and play air guitar and do what my wife calls it. I make guitar mouth, mimicking the guitar sound with my mouth. Um, I love this solo. Is, uh, I believe it was done. I don't think Dave Mustaine actually did this solo. I think it was Al Petrelli who was in the band at the time. This album came out, I believe, in 01. Um, and that solo, it's, it's nothing really, you know, sounds really complex about it or anything. It's just very emotional and just kind of some notes get reached and they're put together that just really, really um, give me chill bumps every time I listen to it. I love that solo. Number nine is Flight of Icarus by Iron Maiden. Um, Dave Murray and Adrian Smith. <laughs> These two guys are, in my mind, one of the, if not the best uh, guitar player duo in, in rock slash metal, uh, which is a topic I'm going to cover in a future episode of some of those best ones. But these two guys play off each other so well. And um, th this song actually is probably one of the first songs I ever heard by Maiden when I was in, 
I want to say fifth grade or so. <coughs> my brother had brought the, had bought uh, the cassette tape, and I believe this was the first or second single off the album. And I just remember listening to it. And over the years, the uh, solo just has just grown on me. And now when I it's one of those songs, and all of these are that way. That if, if I'm in the car and I'm listening to the song and the solo hadn't come on yet, but I'm like at my destination, I'm going to sit there and wait till it gets finished because to me, it, it just makes the song totally complete. And this is one of those where the, the high notes of the solo and the, and the way that everything is formed together to make a sound that's, that's just mind bending, the bending of the strings and the way that those sounds just come out are just phenomenal. I mean, really give me. The, the good feels, as they, as they say. Uh, number eight is one by Metallica, Kirk Hammett. One is, and there, there's a common theme in a few of these with me, and, and that is that one is, unfortunately, the first song ever heard by Metallica. And I say unfortunately because that means that I got turned on to them late, uh, as opposed to most Die Hard, which I consider myself a Die Hard Metallica fan. You know, a lot, most Die Hards got at least turned on to them by Master of Puppets. Justice for All was the first um, introduction of the band to me. And the song, and from the video on MTV, which proves how big of an impact MTV had on artists back in the 80s. <coughs> and this solo, you know, it's, it's melodic, uh, but there's a lot of fast parts, and it shows off Kirk's ability. Uh, and it's, it's one of those solos and songs. This song, really, if you're trying to introduce somebody to Metallica and what they are, this is one song, pardon the pun, that you would play for them. Just because it, it, it kind of starts off slow and crescendos, and then it, at the end, it's a whole total Metallica onslaught of just jamming. Just that band at its best. And the solo intertwined in there, um, it's just kind of mind-bending the way all those notes come together and, and what it can do. I think it's one of his best pieces of solo work that he's ever done with the band. So moving on from there, we have number seven. This is going to be interesting for a lot of people. <coughs> it's, it's, it's kind of obscure unless you're a fan of this band. If you're a fan of this band, you'll totally agree probably with this, at least in part. Um, it is a song called Golden Country by Ario Speedwagon. The guitarist is Gary Richrath. This one is interesting in that, number one, Ario Speedwagon is not known for, like, true rock songs or the guitar play. When most people hear Ario Speedwagon, they think of two songs. Keep on loving you, and I can't fight this feeling. And they are so much more than that, especially pre-1980. Some of the songs are, are a little bit heavier, a little more rock instead of, you know, pop rock or ballads. And this is one of the earlier, this song came out in 1972 off their second album. Now, actually, the version that is my favorite for this list purposes is the live version off of 1977 Live, You Get What You Play For. Um, Gary Richrath is one of my favorite guitar players of all time. And in my mind, he is one of the and this is definitely going to be a topic for another episode. He is one of the, if not 
the most underrated guitar player of all time. Because once they finally made it, he got overshadowed by Kevin Cronin. Uh, because, you know, Kevin wrote their two biggest hits or two of their three, four biggest hits, you know, gained all the popularity. He was the face of the band, yada, 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 yada. That's a whole another conversation. But Gary's guitar sound is what made that band, especially in the early years. And this solo to me represents the whole scale of his playing. You know, it, it just, it just shows his talent. It just shows how he's able to just make his fingers move and make the strings and guitar do things that, that would actually, if you watch him and listen to it, you, if you didn't know who he was, you'd be like, who is this guy? You know, he, he reminds me of, of a really great guitar player. And he's one of those that, you know, should probably be in the conversation of, of one of the best, at least rock guitarist ever in my mind, but he's not because that's just, he, he didn't, he didn't receive his popularity. They're not a band that got recognized and became popular because of a lot that he did, which is very unfortunate because his talent was very, very high. And I'm not going to say unmatched, but there were very few people, I think, that ever, ever picked up a guitar that had the kind of talent that he did. Uh, so that's my number seven. And the live version is amazing, just absolutely amazing. All right, number six. And I've talked about this before, and um, this was uh, involving a guitar player that was player that was on my top five guitarists of all time list. And this is the solo on Highway Star by Deep Purple, Richie Blackmore. As I said in that episode, that guitar solo has a lot of classical um, sounds to it. It just sounds like a classical piece that you would hear from, like I don't know, Mozart, Beethoven, whatever. But it says, you know, going up and down on the fretboard and just, just make, make a crescendo up and down. And I, I, that's one solo that I still say had a lot of influence on guitar players moving forward after he, after that song came out. And, um, it's a, it's another one that just, it's, it's different from a lot of these on this list. And that's one reason it's on there because it's so different, but it's so good. And it, it's so, it, it may not be easy to play. It may be easy to play. I don't know. I'm not a guitar player, but it sounds just phenomenal the way he's able to, to make, to make, um, such a classical sounding piece in a rock song. It's just fantastic. And that's my number six. Number five. Now, a lot of people are probably going to get on me for this one. Um, in that in most, list of greatest solos it would probably be considerably higher than this i totally get it and as far as greatest solos of all time it probably is higher than this but for me it's my number five and that is comfortably numb by david gilmore pink floyd it's a solo that is very emotional sounding um very it's it sounds simple I don't know how simple it is to play, but it sounds very simple, but it's, it's very iconic. One of the, if not the most iconic guitar solo that he ever did. And one that when you listen to it, you just can't get enough. For me, I can't get enough. That solo could literally go on for hours. 
you know, even if he repeated over and over, there's certain parts of it that are so, that, that just make me cringe in a good way. I remember, um, the last time, I believe it's the last time that Pink Floyd played together with Roger Waters ever was at Live 8. And I believe, and I don't remember the date. I want to say it was around 05. <clears throat> um, it was a second version of Live Aid. And Pink Floyd played, I don't know if they, it's probably played later in the day or whatever, but it was definitely one of the last parts of that uh, concert that were shown on VH1. And it was the last song they showed from them. And I'll be damned if about a third of the way through the ending solo on Comfortably Numb, if VH1 didn't start rolling credits and went off with it and, and they didn't show the whole thing. And I'm going, what the hell are you doing? You're cutting out one of the best guitar solos of all time. And it's live, even though it may not have been truly live, but it was recorded like hours before. It was live, current. It wasn't something from 20 years earlier. It was right then. And you cut it out. What a bunch of douchebags. I couldn't believe they did that. And so I do think, I, I think there's a version of this on Spotify or probably any streaming service where you can actually hear it now in its entirety. Um, and it sounds just as good or better than it did on the original recording. Uh, Gilmore is a very good guitar player. Um, you know, he, he, to me, he was the, the, the main driver behind the sound of Pink Floyd. W without him, I don't think they have the popularity that they would have, that they garnered at all. You know, without him, they would not have made it the way they did. Uh, but, but this solo, I think, is one of his best, and it's one of my favorite. That's why it's in there, number five. All right, moving on to number four. <coughs> number four, this might be obscure to a lot of people. I don't know. This is from a band who has a decent following. Um, they're bigger overseas than they are here. Or, you know, especially like in Europe, South America. And of course, a lot of rock metal bands are bigger there than they are here. Um, but that is, this song is Blackbird from Alter Bridge. Mark Tremonti on guitar. Mark Tremonti has been in two bands that were pretty damn good. Creed was huge for a while. And I remember seeing an interview with, with, uh, Mark Tremonti a few years back where he was saying it was weird because Creed was huge in America but not so much overseas. And Alter Bridge is huge overseas, but not as much in America. So he's kind of seen both sides of it. Um, this guy's a fantastic guitar player. I, I feel like he has shown it off a little more in Alter Bridge than he did in Creed. You know, their, their musical styles are pretty completely different, really. And the weird part is the only difference between Creed and Alter Bridge is the singer. Scott Stapp and Creed, Miles Kennedy. And Alter Bridge. The thing about Miles Kennedy is, though, he is a good guitar player in his own right. And I believe that that has enabled Tremonti to experiment a little more, um, to take a little bit of the pressure off on the songwriting and actually probably make his playing a little bit better. Uh, his stuff in Creed was, was really good. Don't get me wrong, but I think at Alter Bridge, he's gotten, it's, it's even, it's even more, uh, he's been more able to present his talent than he did in Creed. And he's only got his own solo band, Tremonti, which is a very good band. If you haven't checked them out and you're a fan of Mark Tremonti, because if you're a fan of Mark Tremonti, you probably already have. 
But if you're just like a casual fan of Creed or Alter Bridge, check out Tremonti. Very good band. So anyway, back to this guitar. So this one, I've actually seen it on a couple of lists of top guitar solos of all time, like being in the top 10 maybe. And it is one that just, it, 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 it has a lot of different, you know, it's got some slow bluesy parts. It's got some fast classical metal parts and it all comes into one solo that is just very emotional for me. Just first of all, the sounds of the solo and also this song holds a place in my heart because I, um, I associate it with uh, uh, the loss of a family member that occurred a couple of years ago. And every time I hear this song, I, th I think about that person. Um, and it's, it, it's a song of hope of seeing those we love again. I think it's, I know it's probably got different meanings, different people, but to me, it's a song of hope about seeing people that we love again after this life. And, but this solo, just even before I associated this song, with that, this solo just always gave me chill bumps. And the minute I heard the song, you know, I thought the song was okay, but as soon as the solo kicked in and hurt went through that, I was like, wow, this is a, this is a forever fave right here. And it has stayed a favorite ever since. All right. Moving along to number three. Number three is Mr. Crowley from Ozzy Osbourne, Randy Rhodes on guitar. Um, there are two main versions of the song out there. The one is Home Version of Oz, which is really good. But my favorite version is the one that's on Tribute. <coughs> that's the live album from Ozzy and Randy from the Diary of the Madman Tour. Um, it was actually very difficult to not put this at number one for me. Because every time I hear this one, I rarely listen to this song just once in a row. It's usually twice because there, there are basically, it basically has, it's weird because it almost has three solos in the song and they're all a little bit different, but yet they're the same and they're all just as equally phenomenal. I think this song and these solos more than any other song that Randy did or that he played on. Um, gave the essence of what he was as a guitar player. It's just that he was classically trained. He was very, he made it look easy. And, you know, just to watch the guy's fingers move, it was just like, wow, how can he do that? <coughs> um, and, and this, and there's some, there's some very good video of him playing this live, uh, on that tour. In fact, I'm going to, at, at the end of this, uh, in the description, uh, of this episode, I'm going to have, uh, links, uh, probably from YouTube of these songs, live versions, if I can, especially the ones that I, that the live versions are my favorite. Um, so you can hear these songs if you haven't hear the solos and the live version. So you can actually hopefully video see what I'm talking about with the guitar players playing the way they were and just you know, thinking how the talent it takes to be able to do that is just beyond me. I wish I was that good. I wish I was half that good at anything at all, and I'm not. <coughs> but just to, to realize the amount of 
practice and talent that it takes to do all that is just amazing. Um, so yeah, especially on this with Randy, it's just, it's incredible. And I look forward to everybody watching this, uh, when I post it for you because you're just going, if, if you haven't seen it before, it should blow your mind. Absolutely beyond any kind of recognition. It's, it's just stupid crazy. Number two, and this one is going to be an obvious choice for a lot of people. And I, I debated on this because the one criteria does not fit with any of the rest of these. None of the rest of these are instrumentals. And they are all solos within a song. This one is not. And that is Eruption by Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen. Um, it does have Alex and her own drums at the beginning or whatever and, and through it a little bit. So it's kind of an instrumental, but it's mainly just a guitar solo. <clears throat> and it doesn't, it's not a solo from any other, from like a song that they do. But I think this, this, this one here, you know, I remember hearing it at a very young age. I'm pretty sure I heard it not long after it came out. Um, this one is one that just, I know at the time, of course I was only like six, so, you know, but I know at the time I had never, and I feel like very few people had ever heard anything like that before in their life. Just how sonically different it was, how it just sounded like he had to be playing with like 20 fingers instead of five or 10 or whatever. And, and just the sounds that he made come out of the guitar that nobody had ever heard before that were just so uh, monumental in making guitar playing, just taking it to the next level and giving up and coming guitar something to strive for. And you know, just think about the guitar players from then forward that mimicked what he did doing the, the, his fingers tapping the fretboard and just some of the sounds that he tried to make. N nobody apparently before him had even thought about this stuff. An eruption just starts off hard and heavy and just stays that way. And, and from, you know, two seconds in on, it just, it's just a sonic blast in your face of guitar work that we have rarely seen ever from anybody and may not ever see again. Eruption, Eddie Van Halen. All right, number one, here we go, folks. <coughs> this one here, like I said, it was hard. Not, it was hard to keep Eruption off the number one spot. Uh, but this one here is number one for me for a couple of reasons. It, I remember hearing this at a very, very, very young age. Uh, probably, I would say probably by the time I was three or four years old. Um, it is from a song that is viewed by some people, probably not even some, probably a lot of people as being the best rock and roll song of all time and or the most popular rock and roll song of all time. By a band who is recognized by a lot of people as possibly the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Um, and for me, they're up there for me in terms of the classical, you know, classic rock or whatever. I, I love them a lot. They're probably not in my top ten of all time, but I, I respect them tremendously. And they have some very good songs, and you cannot deny that their their impact and their influence on rock and roll. And that is the live version, the live version, not the studio, the live version of Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin and Jimmy Page. 
The studio version is really good. Um, it is very iconic. You heard, I'm sure you heard on the radio. I don't listen to local radio anymore. You know, I listen to all the music off Spotify or whatever's on my library on my phone. <coughs> but Stairway to Heaven off of What's Up and Four is heard, I'm sure, millions of times a day probably across the world. The live version off of the soundtrack from the song remains the same as the one I'm talking about. The solo is probably, if I had to guess, about three times longer than the solo on Led Zeppelin IV. Um, and it's, it's, it's so cool how he does it because it starts off almost exactly the same. And then it's like all the sections he just kind of extends, you know, 10 seconds longer or whatever. And it, it gets, it gets bluesy with it. He gets a little fast with it. And I, I just, to, to watch, to watch that movie and see him perform that live, it just, it brings, I, I talk about chill bumps a lot when I heard guitar solos, but it's true. You can ask my wife. We'll be in a car, we'll listen to one of these songs and the solo comes on and I'll get chills. And this one probably does it more than any of them for me. I never get tired of hearing this. This solo is just fantastic. I think for me, it's the best guitar solo ever. And that's, it's my favorite. I'm not going to say it's the best because I'm not going to get in that debate on this episode because that's not what this episode is about. This episode is about my favorite. This is my favorite guitar solo of all time. I could hear it over and over and over again. It falls in the same category of staying in the car until it's finished of rarely listening to it, you know, just once in a row. It's just phenomenal. And um, I just I just think about it. I'm, I'm listening to it in my head right now as I'm talking about it. And I, once I get done with this, I'm going to have to get off and listen to it again because I, I just love hearing it all every time. And I think that, you know, Jimmy Page, you know, I did not have him on my top five guitarists of all time. And I debated leaving him off for different criteria, you know, and I think he might actually go in a different, um, I, let's just say he's going to be on, on a couple of different lists. I'm going to do in later podcasts. He's definitely going to be on a couple of those, but for sure. Um, I wasn't trying to, to, you know, uh, not give him any love or anything on that episode. If I had done a top 10, he'd have definitely been on the top 10. Uh, I, I just think that he's, the other two lists I'm going to have him on, he probably um, might be actually more important lists. So let, let's just let's just say that that definitely recognize his his ability and what he brought to rock and roll. That's why he's that's why it's number one on on this list with that solo. Uh, I, I think he just he he made a what may have seemed like an impromptu masterpiece because a lot of times when bands do their songs live, they impromptu a lot of stuff, and a lot of times it doesn't say doesn't sound the same twice, you know, night to night, this could have been the case. I don't know, but he just possibly improvised one of the greatest solos of all time. My favorite solo of all time. All right. So I've, uh, I've bantered on long enough about all this. So we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, if you've got any questions, comments, anything you'd like to chat with me about, just shoot me an email at the Marley music show at gmail.com. Let me know what some of your favorite not best, or what you think are the best, but definitely what your favorite guitar solos are of all time. Uh, you know, share a link to them. 
uh, let me know what versions, if there's, you know, multiple versions or if there's a single one. Like I've got several that are live. If it's a live version, studio version, just anything to start a conversation. And so, like I said before, I'm going to post some links uh, to these songs, hopefully some video of the performers doing them so you can see that. And uh, maybe ones you haven't thought about, maybe you'll view in a different light and gain a better appreciation for them. So anyway, I'm signing off. Until next time, just remember, folks, be kind to each other and life will be kind to you. Peace.